I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, we will help you keep it running. The help we get from Dan Burns, AOC Certified Technician from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan is back with us this morning. Good morning, Dan. I, I can only imagine what business was like for you and your troops at Lloyd's Automotive during this polar vortex. All hands on deck. I bet. And, and with mittens. Yeah. With, uh, all yeah. hands on deck with mittens. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. So it, it, you and I were talking off air, and we're going to pick up on, uh, on questions either by phone or by text. In fact, why don't we, uh, why don't we give the phone numbers and the text numbers? 651-989-9226. Dan has been uh, serving us uh, here on the CCO for 25 years or more. Uh, giving you some idea what might be wrong with your vehicle before you bring it in your favorite dealer or favorite shop for some repair. 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. Keep in mind, Dan uh, will be here for about another 30 minutes uh, just until uh, 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 the wine chat with Jack Farrell. So don't wait. If you have a question, please call us or send uh, Dan a text. Again, text number 81807. Uh, I would imagine there were a lot of uh, tire issues, people uh, going to Lloyd's saying or maybe having their vehicles towed, not only batteries, which I guess is obvious, because uh, a friend of mine had the battery problems with his vehicle, yeah. and uh, it's an old one, and it just didn't cut it. You know, it was it was out of control, and, and uh, I think that uh, as a society, we've kind of lost touch on dealing with that kind of cold. Yeah. It used to happen. It seemed like, or at least my memory is, it seemed like it used to happen a lot. I agree. And it has not happened for a long time. So we were caught a little bit off guard and, and uh, you know, the tow trucks were caught a little bit off guard and, and everybody does their best and everybody works yeah. really hard, but uh, it just was impossible to keep up. I, I've told you about uh, the issue I have with real cold weather with uh, not my rear tires, but the front tires, especially the front left. In, in this cold weather, it's it, you. You can explain it because the seal can leak unless there's an issue right. with a nail or something. Right. But the seals can leak, right, with they, the corrosion. They can indeed. They get a little bit of corrosion in there, and uh, you know, people say, "Well, why worse in cold weather?" Well, in cold weather, the rubber, the rubber tire is much stiffer and and much harder, and it uh, in that condition, it just does not seal as well, and so air leaks out. And I, I was, and cons- then try and get air. <laughs> that you know, in those conditions, you just can't it's find true. it anywhere. I was uh, heading into work, and I thought, wait a minute, because fortunately, my vehicle shows the actual PSI, mm-hmm. and our other cars, it's just the light. It doesn't, uh, except for one. Now, th- right. there's, not all vehicles show you the PSI. That's correct. And it, I'm glad it did, because it was losing air as I was driving, and I thought, and it was like close to 30 below, and I thought, maybe I better put some air in this, yeah. and I couldn't find an open, workable compressor yeah. anywhere. That's typical. It is typical. Yeah, this, this is the wrong time of year. But uh, the point is uh, I could have been driving on a flat tire had I not known right. the, uh, the the cold uh, pressure. Yeah. Um, I want, that, the, that actually brings up a good point about driving on a flat tire. Yeah. <clears throat> People ask about that. You know, what, what should I do? I'm driving down the highway and I have a flat tire and I can't find a safe place to stop. Uh, what should I do? And my answer is, 
if you're driving down, if you have been driving down the tire or down the highway and you have a flat tire and it's not safe to stop, keep going because the truth is you've ruined the tire already. Oh. I mean, it, if it has gone a hundred yards down a freeway at at highway speeds, you've yeah. already ruined the tire. And uh, and so my answer is be safe. Drive the car to where you need to be safe to get off the highway or do whatever you need to do and deal with it from there but do not stop in the center lane or anything like that for a set of, or for a flat tire cuz it's simply too dangerous so and get some, off the highway and in some cases isn't it true with some of the cars these days there's no spare well that well that yeah that's so that's, that's a, a whole nother time <laughs> whole nother they story. give you an air compressor to pump the tire back yeah, up and yeah. of course the tire's ruined so it won't take air well a text that related Dan uh, came in uh, earlier um uh texter says had low air in a tire this past week Drove to a convenient gas station with free air. When filling the hose, uh, when filling rather, the hose shot out water with the air into my tire. Is that something to be concerned about? It is. <laughs> How can that be? Well, that's a difficult uh, uh, answer or a difficult solution to that because one of the consequences of compressing air is moisture. You know, on our on our air compressors and our in our tanks at Lloyd's, we have both uh, drains for the air compressor oh. that are that are set on timers, so they drain. You've heard it in my service bay, Danny, where the air comes shooting out oh, on yeah. the floor. Is and, that what uh, that is? That is, it's the air compressors draining, and then we also have a dryer uh, to dry the air. So there's no condensation. Well, there's there. theoretically no yeah. condensation. There's still some. Um, but if you go to the local neighborhood gas station and you know put your quarters in to make the the thing work, it's it's full of water Ooh. if it's working. And uh, you know, the, of course, the result of it being full of water is it immediately freezes up. So when it's thirty below, you can't get any air out of them anyway. So that's a tough answer, a tough solution. Yes, you should be concerned. Uh, hopefully, it did not freeze right at the valve stem going in, uh, but. But uh, moisture on the inside of the tire is one of the things that uh, makes the corrosion that you're talking about between the wheel and the tire worse. Oh, uh, I bet. So that moisture's in there all the time and and uh, slowly uh, leaking out, and, and uh, that moisture is what causes the corrosion. Tell you what, we have callers, we have textures, Dan. Let's uh, see if we can invite our listeners to join in, too. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Pete is first up here uh, in Lakeville. Morning, Pete. What's your question for Dan? Yeah, Dan, I got a, a 2008 Chevrolet Impala. Uh, check engine light was on. Uh, they ran the, uh, and, and found that it was running rich. Uh, a, a code came up, seal uh, uh, running rich. Uh-huh. What, what, what does that mean? What should I do? Well, you should take it in, and there, you're going to need some help on that because there's a whole bunch of things that can make it run rich. If it's, if it's uh, not getting enough air, for one reason, if an oxygen sensor or something like that's not working correctly, if it's getting false readings, uh, the computer will richen the mixture to compensate for that, and and uh, apparently it's doing it when it's not supposed to. Or if it's got a leaky fuel injector, or uh, uh, on an 08, maybe it has has a uh, fuel pressure regulator that's leaking a little bit, and and fuel is. Unmeasured fuels getting introduced to the system. That's what causes it to get rich, but uh, but there's a whole bunch of different ways that it can happen. So uh, if you bring it into the shop, they'll put it on the computer and, and read all of the sensors, see what's going on, and 
uh, and find out why it's doing that. Okay. Thank you, Pete. Uh, let's see who's next before we take a quick break. Tom is calling from West St. Paul, I believe. Tom, good morning. What's your question for Dan? Uh, I have a question about synthetic oils. Okay. Um, I've got a 2008 uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, and I've got a 2012 Focus, and I've been using synthetic oil in them for quite a few years. But I've been reading on online, and it says uh, synthetic is not for all cars. Um, but it, I couldn't figure out whether my car was included in that or not. And it says there's differences in the oils. Some of them just kind of have additives, the way I understand it, and those break down, and then it's just plain oil again. And then the the ones that they recommend are 5W30s, and uh, my vehicles call for 5W20s, so I'm confused. <laughs> Well, uh, first of all, you can certainly find both synthetic and conventional motor oil in the correct weight. So do a little looking around and you'll absolutely find that. And with regards to synthetic oil, uh, my recommendation on pretty much any car is synthetic oil is is better. I mean, it's, you know, motor oil comes in good, better, best, Mm -hmm. a full synthetic oil being the best. And I can't think of a car, um, maybe other than a collector's car, that that full synthetic oil is not the best. So okay. I would feel good using it. And in fact, uh, with the advancements in technology regarding oil, it's almost impossible to get something that's not at least partially synthetic. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, even if they don't advertise it as being partially synthetic, it is because the uh, refining process has gotten so good on motor oil that they're they're all coming down the line at least uh you know at least the better quality uh you can't you can't really get a poor quality oil anymore that's good all right well, thank you very much tom uh, john hang on we're you're going to be next on the phone and we'll grab some text messages here on our car care show on news talk a3 owcc Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. If you need Lloyd's, tell us where that's located, Dan. Well, we are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Uh, You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give Jim a call this morning at 651-228-1300. One six. Very good. We'll get you that number before Dan leaves us today. I want to talk about brakes coming up because of this cold system, what what can happen. But, John, we promised John in Brooklyn Park uh, to be uh, next up here. John, thanks for waiting. What's your question? Thank you for taking my call, Danny. Uh, Dan, I have a uh, 2011 Grand Caravan. Uh, I replaced the front left caliper, and I bled the whole front uh, brakes. Necessary to also bleed the rear when you open up the system? Uh, theoretically, no. Uh, theoretically, you do not need to bleed the rear, but it depends uh, how the brakes feel. If they feel a little spongy, then yes, uh, yes, you do. I, it, and, and I don't understand why. I mean, it, it, they should be separated uh, in the, in the uh, master cylinder, and if the master cylinder does not go empty, uh, it should be fine. But somehow that air does seem to travel uh, between them, and uh, and so... Uh, if the if your pedal feels a little spongy, yes, go ahead and uh, bleed the rear, okay, and that'll good. take care of it for you. If you want to send Dan a text, 81807, here's one, uh, 2014 Dodge Journey with push start. 
Works great if I use the remote start, but sporadically, if I start it the normal way, it sounds like it's struggling to start. Mm. With the push start. Or yeah, with the regular uh, way to start it, a regular push start yeah. uh, ignition. Well, I don't know a car right now that, uh, not today, but yes. in this week, I do not know a single car that did not struggle to start. Yeah. Uh, uh, although the solution to most of the cars that were towed in or, or brought into Lloyd's because they wouldn't start some morning, the solution was a new battery. And if we, all of the cars that we replaced the battery on Tuesday, they all started on Wednesday, and oh, it was just as cold. Yeah. So uh, if you had trouble this week uh, getting your car started, if the battery was dead, then uh, there's a couple things that could have been the problem. One is driving condition or driving habits. If you never, if you don't drive very far and all your car does is idle and warm up, you drive a mile or two to work yeah. and then you shut it off, it never re- fully recharges the battery. So uh, one tip would be if it's you hear severe weather coming, put a little trickle charger on your battery oh, yeah. and charge your battery up for a couple, you know, for a, for an overnight, and then it will be at full capacity and you'll be fine again. But but uh, if you don't drive on the highway, your battery does not get fully charged. I did that very thing with a battery that you guys put in not that long ago in another car, but because I tried to start it in cold, it kind of drained it, but it didn't take long at all to come up to full capacity. Yeah, charge it back and then up. it worked. And then yeah. it worked fine. Uh, here's a 2017 Camry text, Dan, uh, that sat outside. Low battery, no start. Should I have started it every 12 hours? Is, is the you know, yes. I mean, that's a, you could that's, do that. Start it, but you need to drive it. it, it yeah. Sitting there idling with the lights on, and you can't shut the lights off on some cars, and the fan running, the heater fan running, sure. it's barely charging. It's barely recharging. So the engine's getting warm, which is helpful. But it's not doing much to recharge the battery. So you actually need to take it out and drive it down the highway to get it to really charge. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Tom in Eden Prairie has been waiting there. Uh, Tom, what's your question for Dan? Uh, Good morning, Dan. Prior to the recent cold snap, I bought an 80-watt battery wrap that uh, I uh, put around my battery. And my comment, and then I've got a question. Prior to doing that, I've got a digital readout on my battery checker, and the battery registered 12.1. About eight hours after I had put the battery wrap on, I checked it again, and it had increased to 12.4 without doing anything other than just heating it up. My question is, after having left it on for a period of time, can I just simply unplug it and start driving it, or do I have to be somewhat concerned about getting the battery back to a normal temperature before I take off down the road? (laughs) The the state of charge that your that you experienced had only to do with temperature. It really did not have anything to do with the state of the charge. So, in other words, if you take the battery wrap back off and the battery gets cold again, it will be back to the to the previous charge. If you really want the battery, if you really want the battery's charge to increase, you need to recharge the battery which would, you know, accomplish the same thing. It would bring it back up to full capacity. But you've noticed with any piece of battery equipment, when the battery gets cold, you lose capacity. And that's, I'm not a chemist or a physicist. I can't tell you exactly why that happens, but it's absolutely true. If it gets cold, uh, you lose uh, capacity on your battery. So warming your battery is a is a good solution to to getting more power out of your battery. Okay. Tom, thank you. That help you? 
Uh, yes, it does. Now, can I just simply unplug it and start driving right away, or do I need oh, to yeah. let it cool down before I start driving? No, no, it's it's not hot. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's just warm. So yeah, no, you oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you unplug it and start your car, and you'll be on your way. You've you've just uh, kept your battery warm and toasty. Put kept it covered in a blanket. Very good, Tom. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have more show to come. Keep in mind, Dan will be here for about another fifteen minutes or so. We got a bunch of text stands, so let's do that. But when we come back, let's talk about another issue. I've experienced and reading about, and that's frozen brakes oh, besides sure. the the, uh, the uh, tire pressure. Sure. So we'll come back. We'll talk about that, too. We are in the midst of our car care show. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive is with us, helping uh, you out again, as he does every uh, Saturday. We appreciate that. Dan, a lot of text messages. I don't want to ignore them. And I wanted to ask you about frozen brakes. Maybe we can do that really fast. Sure. Because uh, I noticed in the, the Tony's car that sits outside uh, when I uh, tried to start it, uh, it, it it wouldn't and put it in gear. I couldn't. The brakes wouldn't work. They were like solid. Well, they kind of work. They're just really difficult. Oh, okay. To, to, uh, what happens? Then? Well, you lose your power assist. Just like with the air compressor, the brake system, the power brake system, is worked with vacuum. And uh, with the car sitting like that, the all the the, the valves and things in that vacuum system get frozen. And uh, so you're not getting vacuum assist to the uh, brake power booster. But then you let it warm up and it's fine. Let it warm up and it's fine. And and that actually is another interesting point is, you know, people will say, well, this morning when it was 30 below, such and such happened. I heard a noise or I felt a thumping or whatever. What do you think I should do? And my answer is nothing. (laughs) Uh, When it's 30 below, when it comes to your house, your car or anything, weird things happen. And... While cars are designed to operate at 30 below, they are not designed to operate perfectly. And so if you hear something strange only when it's 30 below out, forget about it. It, Let it warm up. Let it warm up. And and, and if your car won't start when it's 30 below and you don't need it, that's my other advice. Just wait. When Today, if your car didn't start on Thursday and you have not needed it, today when it warms up to 30 above, you're going to start it. It's going to be fine. Might even be melting. It might even be snow melting. On it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Texter Dan says, "Not a question, but it says the only problem I had with my 2013 Elantra so far is low tire light. Tried to fill the tire after 45 seconds, hands were frozen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it. yeah. There, that can be serious. Well, I had people lined up at my bay door. You know where my door is, and yeah. wanting help with putting air in their tires, and we're happy to, happy to do it, but." I could not get around all four tires by the, before my hands froze. You I had, had to, to warm up. I had to go in and warm up yeah, and, I believe and it. make another run at it. All right, let's talk a little bit more text messages here. Recently purchased, Texas is a 2013 Toyota Venza. For motor oil, the owner's manual recommends 020. I've never heard of 020. Your thoughts? Well, two, well, two of my Toyota products yeah. I use uh, 020. 020 is very yeah. common right now, and I've even seen 016 for some of the new vehicles. So. Uh, the reason really? that they keep getting letting motor oil get thinner, you know, the the lower the number, the thinner visca- the viscosity. Sure. The reason that they let it get keep getting thinner is because they can, and uh, the reason they want to is because you get better gas mileage. So yeah, it, uh, it's good for the gas mileage, and the technology with motor oil has allowed them to do that. Uh, Texter says this, uh, 2015 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Sahara. I started it in the minus 28 degrees, noticed some oil under the oil pan, drove it around, and it stopped leaking. Was that leak due to cold, dried-out gaskets? And when 
I drove it, and it heated up. Did that warm up the old pan gasket and seal it up again? <laughs> That's true, too. It, it's, it's possible. Yeah. Huh? Very possible. We see that all the time. You know, when you, if, you've, if, you've, if you've ever pulled the drain plug out of uh, a car when the motor oil is 20 below zero, it is literally like tar. I mean, it, it, it won't come out. I mean, it, uh, it's terrible. It just glugs out. And so uh, when you're going to start it, the that oil is trying to pump through the a cold engine and because it's so thick the oil pressure gets very high and so uh, if it blows by a seal only when it's 30 below forget it it'll be fine when it's warm you and i were talking about uh, uh, tire pressure and whether you have a, a sensors and if you have sensors and it shows you the actual mm-hmm. uh, pressure or if you just have lights that come on say you have a low tire uh, talk a little bit about that because in severe cold like we've had Maybe the sensors aren't totally accurate. Well, that's true, and I know that for a fact because uh, I park in a warm garage, and uh, when I left my warm garage, I had 32 uh, PSI in my tires, and I went and I went to work and parked outside all day, and it was 25 below. And at uh, when I went to get in my vehicle to come home that night, the pressure was down to 24, and it had not leaked. <laughs> I mean, it only, they were all four the same. So it had only to do with the temperature, which is significant. I saw it on a show this week where they say for every 10 degrees, it'll go down one PSI. And hmm. according to my simple test, that's pretty accurate. But anyway, I went to put air in my tires and uh, they were not at 24. They actually were at 28. Uh, and I filled them back up, but, but, uh, so the accuracy yeah, but, they, had but it was not they were not totally accurate at that temperature either. So that's it. You got to decide what you want to chase and what you don't want to chase because <laughs> right. uh, when yes. it's that cold and it's rare for it to be that cold, uh, you know, you have to decide about that. Texter says, "Can I start my car to warm up and sit in it, then have it in neutral and run the engine to raise the RPM? Will that put a load to charge the battery? That will uh, the high R- help. the high RPM." on the engine is what you want to have happen because then the alternator is turning uh, at full capacity. And if you have your alternator fully turning at full capacity, the uh, battery will recharge. But that being said, when we recharge a battery, it takes, it takes hours, not minutes. So, you know, 10 minutes of, of running your car with the alternator is not the same as recharging it for two hours. All right, let's see. I know we're almost out of time, Dan. Uh, maybe we do a quick one here. Uh, 2013 Ford F-150 does not heat at low idle, heats up when driving, blows cold air at low idle, blows heat when driving. Again. Yeah, it needs a thermostat. The engine ah. the engine temperature is not quite warm enough, and if you put a new thermostat in it, it'll bring the engine temperature up just a little bit more, and when you get the engine temperature a little bit warmer, then the uh, coolant will stay warm in your heater core, which will keep you in heat at idle also. Well, I hope you and your guy, troops at Lloyd's have a, a better week, a busy week, but not as cold. Oh, it was fun. It was, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you get, uh, you know, this. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. You get this nerve <laughs> thing going and everybody's excited and it's fun. I mean, right. you don't get this very often. So, right. we know, it was a good time. We, we enjoyed it. How do we connect with you guys then by phone then? Well, give us a call. We're at 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net. 
Or come on over. We're at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. We'll see you back here one week from today, Dan. Sounds good. Let's hope it's above zero. Thanks. All right. Thanks very much. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.